Welcome to PayCorp's Need to Know Podcast. It's our quick look at a single subject in the world of HR, payroll, and any area of employee management. It's what you need to know. I'm Steve, and this time I'll be talking with Becky Falvey from PayCorp's HR department about winter hours and flexible work schedules. Thanks for joining us. Becky, tell me a quick little bit about yourself and your background in HR. Okay. Um, I've been in the human resources field for about 15 years. Um, I spent some time in recruiting, employee relations, um, have managed a couple of operations teams outside of human resources as well. And then most recently, for about the last five years or so, I've been in a business partner role. So our topic this time is flexible work schedules, and part of that is winter hours. Mm -hmm. And what should a company be doing before this problem occurs? They, I imagine they need to have some sort of policy in place. Yeah. Yeah, the, um, the right answer is it depends. That's almost always the answer in human resources. Um, but in this case, the, the things to have done before you get to bad weather time, um, certainly an inclement work policy is helpful. Um, a PTO policy is probably applicable too. Um, you might even have a remote uh, work kind of policy. Um, at PayCor, we actually don't have an inclement work policy. We have PTO, um, and we have what we call um, an availability or a dependability policy, um, which is our way of stating expectations for work hours um, d during or um, you know outside of weather issues that you might have. I would imagine for somebody paid hourly, uh, they don't work, they don't get paid, and it's pretty mm -hmm. cut and dried. Uh, yes. Yes, so for an hourly non-exempt associate, the, the exemption really applies to overtime pay exemption. Um, generally speaking, a non-exempt position um, tends to be one that might be uh, more simpler, repetitive in nature. Um, that's not always the case. The guidelines are pretty complex. Um, but yeah, an hourly person, if you're not working, you're not paid. So on the other side, salary, weather's bad, can't get into work. Is that person forced to take PTO, or do I need to have some sort of policy in place? Yeah, so I'm going to give you the it depends answer. Um, and the reason why I say that is the criteria for determining what jobs can be done remotely is pretty broad. It's really up to that business to determine. Um, and so I'll give you an example. You might have a customer service position that is considered a non-exempt position under the Fair Labor Standards Act, um, but you might also, as a business, determine that that position is one that can be performed remotely. So you can have a non-exempt position being performed re remotely because the position is appropriate for that kind of work. Um, the technology or tools needed to conduct that position can be accessed remotely. Um, the work itself isn't impeded by work location, and you have the skill set, uh, the training, the knowledge, the person in that role to where they can do the job with no uh, direct supervision. Um, so you can have all sorts of different kinds of roles being performed remotely. But best case scenario, these roles that may be performed remotely, that needs to be addressed before the snow day, before the, the weather, that you know, so everything's set in place. Whether it's the technology they have, the training, whatever, that has to be set in place so that person and their manager knows what the deal is. Exactly. And so what you would do is you would really create uh, something that might be similar to what what we have, which is that dependability sort of policy. 
I, I say sort of policy because it's really, it's your philosophy, it's a uh, guideline of what's expected for managers and associates, and it does call out uh, which positions are and are not eligible for work from home um, or work remote, but more importantly, it uh, puts the accountability for making the call as to whether or not that job can be performed from home, um, or excuse me, on that day if the job can be performed from home up to that manager. So it leaves it open for flexibility, situational judgment, um, which is really what you want. In the case of an inclement weather scenario, everybody has a different definition of what's bad weather. Um, and so what you'd want is your leader to be empowered to make the decision on whether or not it's, it's certainly bad enough that calls for work from home. If you also, in, in, in addition to that, have that um, expectation of what jobs are appropriate to be performed from home, it makes that that much easier. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah that's terrific. Let's expand this. What other conditions does a company need to consider beyond just winter, beyond yeah. uh, inclement weather? Well, you have to have a uh, business continuity. Uh, you may not have a policy, but you probably thought about what would we do in the case of an emergency. Nowadays, you have to think about things like workplace safety, active shooter training. What's your plan in case of a, an emergency such as that? And um, you would probably work with local authorities to develop a plan for, for that kind of scenario. But certainly you want to think beyond just inclement weather. There are all sorts of other emergency scenarios that can cause a business to need to shut down. Um, and so then in that case, your continuity plan would outline which positions do what. Um, so you might have a first responder type of role. Um, you would call out what they're responsible for in the case of an unplanned shutdown. Um, you would probably have some type of a communication mechanism in place, whether that's a, an all-employee text, an all-employee email, maybe it's a hotline. Uh, you've probably communicated on the, the local news as to such emergency. So you've done uh, several things in advance of the emergency, right? And that's around the business continuity kind of spirit. Um, and sometimes it's just a company um, just sitting down and thinking about it and um, identifying a couple of critical positions or responsibilities that have to, you know, that require some kind of um, addressing in case of an emergency. So it doesn't have to be a 15-page policy document. It can be a simple conversation and a couple of key guidelines. Um, at least at a minimum, I would suggest every employer is thinking about that. We talk a lot about the necessity of having an employee handbook. Mm -hmm. Should all this be covered in the employee handbook? All this should be written out so hopefully the employee is reading it, they're understanding what the policies are, they understand the rules beforehand. Yes, absolutely. Um, and so at PayCorp we use an intranet, so that might be one way that an employer is able to make this policy information available. Um, regardless of whatever the vehicle is that you're making it available, I would certainly, and we, we follow this practice, um, have at least an annual recertification um, that an employee has read and understood or understands the policies outlined in whatever handbook you have. So let's expand this to work from home policy. Mm -hmm. um, there are companies that don't have an official one, there are companies that do. Uh, what, what should be considered when developing a work from home policy? Well, so it, 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 it depends, right, on whether or not you should or shouldn't have a policy for some employers. I've seen some school of thought lately that having a policy is um, could set one up for uh, conflict um, on the other because it might 
it might set a precedent that an employer doesn't intend to, to set, might create the idea that work from home is um, an option when perhaps in that business it isn't. My personal um, point of view is that a work from home position, outline, policy, guideline, call what you want, um, I do think that every employer's smart to have at least a position outlined in their handbook as to whether or not working from home is a possibility in that business. You know, the, the easiest example is the manufacturing company where you can't manufacture, you can't work on the line from home, so you have to come to work. That's easy. That company still might need to outline what administration kinds of roles can and cannot be done from home. Um, on the other hand, a business like ours, um, our, our expectation is we don't close. Um, most positions aren't remote work from home, um, but many are. And um, so our position is that it depends on the, on the job, on the nature of the work. Um, it doesn't have to apply to everyone. So if a company comes out and says, sure, some positions are um, optional to work from home, um, that doesn't mean every position is. And one thing that I have seen other employers do that I could see um, working in a company that has a, a fair amount of employees working from home is something like a work from home agreement where you might lay out a certain subset of policies that apply to that employee. They might be things like um, oh, uh, working internet access, um, a dedicated home phone line, for example, if they're making customer service calls, let's say, um, availability between the hours of X and X, um, checking in. Um, there are ways to, to really formalize that work from home structure. If you have a lot of employees in a work from home scenario, I could see where an agreement like that would make a lot of sense. Regardless, having a position of where you stand on work from home, I think is a wise decision. If I have someone apply for a job and they want to work from home mm -hmm. and I say yes, or some or an employee comes in and says, my situation has changed, I would like to start working from home mm -hmm. and I say yes. Do I have to apply that to everyone? Do I have to apply it to everyone who's in that same role at the company? Meaning if I give it to this person, must I then give it to everybody? No. But you have to have pretty clear criteria of why you've afforded it to employee X and not employee Y. And one, the easiest example is uh, tenure or performance. Um, and so you might have a person who has been with the company in a particular role for a period of time and has mastered that role. And so because of that, they don't need the same day-to-day -day supervision that another employee needs, so therefore you're requiring them to report to work in the office. Um, classic example is somebody uh, joins an organization and is in a probationary period. You might hold off on that work from home access until they've successfully completed that probationary or onboarding period um, to where then they have the knowledge and skills to do that job from home. Does that make sense? It doesn't have to be everyone. Sure. That, yeah, perfect. So you need to have something in place to, as an employer, you need to have this policy in place so when you do make a decision, you can go to the person or persons or group and say, this is the, our policy, this is in place, this is why I made this absolutely. decision. There should be no surprise to anybody. No, absolutely. And, and here's the other thing is that work flexibility, um, like working remotely, is a uh, big en engagement driver. People want that. Often it's a reason why a person might join a certain company. Um, you see this in a lot of the millennial study. Um, you often see it referred to in studies about female workers, that flexibility is important. 
And so by not thinking about it, by not taking a position, carving out where there can be flexibility, you really could be potentially losing some of your workforce. Um, they may not join or they may decide to leave. So certainly if, it's, if your company allows for that in any way, I would have a position on that. Uh, yes, it's allowed, it depends on the position, talk to your manager. If it's not appropriate, I would say due to our nature of our business, work from home isn't appropriate at this time. If you're open to it, then you're gonna wanna lay out some criteria for how a person would access that. Um, the biggest catch-all is the talk to your manager, you know, because there are so many situations and circumstances that may preclude a person from working from home. But to wrap this up and to end on a positive note, mm -hmm. as we get further along in technology, telecommuting is becoming a real thing. Rush hour is not getting better anywhere. Right. And this can, as you pointed out, this can be a way to engage an employee, to either keep an employee, to bring in new employees to say, we have a work from home policy. So it can be something worth exploring depending on your business. Absolutely. It is a big selling feature for sure. Um, and anymore, the technology needs that a person must have to perform a job remotely, they probably already have. You know, when most of us already have reliable internet access because of how we live our lives every day. So what used to be a uh, special technology um, need is probably already there. So um, the other way to look at it is that employees are probably more ready, set up to work from home. Um, I will say that it's really all about the business need. That's what will drive any of this uh, work from home opportunity. It's all about business need. Um, and your business um, may need that to survive, to thrive, to grow, to attract and retain, or it may not because it's a uh, headquarters-based manufacturing or service kind of environment. Retail, another classic example, some businesses just simply can't allow for it. So if you start with a business need, you really can't go wrong. That's great. Thank you for these insights. Sure. The Need to Know podcast and its contents are the exclusive property of Paycor Incorporated and cannot be distributed without written consent. The subject matter in this podcast should not be considered legal advice. For more information about this subject or any employee management solutions, please contact your Paycor specialist or visit Paycor.com. Thanks for your time.